I'm Dave. I'm Rob. I'm Richard. And I'm Tom. And this is episode 74, Change of Life. We're continuing our run of the LWT series. This episode was first broadcast on the 30th of January, 1982, Saturday at 6.45pm. What did we all think of this one? Rob? I I didn't mind this. I quite enjoyed it. Um, towards the end, it becomes a little bit embittered. Uh, we'll probably talk about that a bit. I think we will, yes. yes. But overall, I thought it was fun, if a little bit looking back over their shoulder. Richard? I really enjoyed this one as well. I'm actually going to say, I think viewed as an overall episode, this is probably the pick of the ITV episodes. Some of them we've sort of said have been great first halves that are let down by the second half. But I think this one was actually consistently good pretty much all the way through. Tom? Look, it's LWT. I've not been a fan of many if any, of the LWT episodes. It's in the bottom half of my overall pick anyway, but it probably is one of the better ones mm. of that run. I remember this when it was the fourth episode on the VHS tape way back in the 80s. And at that stage, I certainly thought it was the pick of those four. As I got a bit older and a bit more cynical, I started to feel that this was a bit of a, as you said, look over the shoulder, maybe a bit of a retread. I was a bit cynical about it. But watching it again, I really enjoyed it. The first third particularly, I really enjoyed We'll talk about that. And as a fan of the goodies, the second half is a lot of fun. Again, we'll talk about where it does and doesn't work. My one big comment about this, though, is it should have been the finale. It should have been the last episode. And if this had been, as it turned out, the final episode of the goodies ever, I think it would have been quite a good farewell. Yeah, look, in hindsight, I think you're right. I mean, look, obviously at the time they didn't know that they weren't going to get another season. So, And, and I, I do remember at KittenCon we did show this in the main room just before we went oh. into the finale. Okay. Um, because we sort of had the discussion around. We thought, well, that was probably a good point to wind a weekend up. So it opens up with Tim and Graham very clearly getting set up for Bill's birthday. There are signs everywhere. There's a cake with many candles there. And they look old. <laughs> I don't know to what extent they've been deliberately made to look a little bit older in this one, or whether they really just are starting to look quite old. Graham, without his mutton chops and a thinning pate, does actually make him look much, much older, unfortunately. Even though he's uh, the youngest of the three, he, he just looks quite old in that particular sequence. He does. I remember when the ITV one screened here, there was a bit of publicity for them. And one of the articles did say it was a bit of a shock to see how much they'd aged between the BBC episodes and these coming on. Mm. Graham, in particular, I think, was singled out in the article. Yeah, I think that's right. The old TV week. Yeah, it was one of them. I can't remember, but I remember it was one of the ones who reviewed the season and said, well, it was still really funny, but they look so much older. And it really shows here. The very first scene is a very long set of steps as we wait for <laughs> Bill to presumably stagger up the steps to... Uh, get to his birthday party and then they have a whole lot of gags around it being Bill's birthday and him being upset that they're reminding him how old he is and I was really really enjoying this stuff so we get a number of really good gags in there there's the birthday card your birthday's here so so give give a cheer cheer. you've lasted through another another year year. be sure you have some birthday fun you You might might not get get another one one. (laughs) (laughs) and we do have Bill yeah not wanting to be reminded he goes and shouts to all the neighbours hello yes it's Bill I'm older Picks up the phone and speaks. Remember when telephones had operators at the other end? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Bill, 
here. Yes, that's right. The one who's older. That's right. No, no. Save your breath. You need those to blow out your candles. <laughs> that is a really neat little trick. You know, you see Bill going... Oh, it's okay. Look, anybody would find it hard to blow out that many candles. <laughs> and they all go out, and Graham has a go, yeah, yeah, that's really good. Then they give you the little oxygen machines. <laughs> it's a menacing looking oxygen machine. I remember as a kid finding that thing terrifying. I had no idea what it was, but it looked scary. Half gas mask, half I don't know, suffocation device. And yes, it does end up with Bill going on a bit of a rampage trying to throw his cake but not being able to lift it and just having it fall all over him. You notice he gets the giggles when he does, <laughs> lands yes. on top of him. He's he just sitting there covered in all the cream and meringues. He does. <laughs> but the audience is absolutely loving it. I found that was a really funny opening sequence. I really enjoyed it and they're having a lot of fun. And it then moves into a bit of a monologue about how they're all a little bit older and it's time to give nature a bit of a helping hand. Well, I was going to say, the next scene there where he then takes his shirt off, that's quite a brave scene that he's just standing there for several minutes with his shirt off while the other two make fun of him. Which what now I think you would probably call fat shaming. (laughs) But uh... I found it personally a little bit uncomfortable watching Bill being, you know, fat shamed by but Tim seems to be really enjoying what he's saying. Well I was gonna say, yeah, particularly when you get the sort of stuff Moby Dick and Larry Blows Cat they have <laughs> well, it was know, funny though. Plus, he gets to do you know the jelly wobble on a plate routine yeah, again. Yes, here oh, come yes. the elephants. They're <laughs> <laughs> having a lot of fun, but look, Tim does admit that you know he needs to have a bit of a helping hand as well. He's got the uh, two-hand bra. No, <laughs> was it the cross your heart bra player? Well, that's the thing. And then of course they have the bit yeah where Tim wants to squeeze the pimple. And that was really quite a bit skeevy. You know, with a cross your heart bar, he'd be a right little cracker. <laughs> that was a little bit disturbing, to be honest. Yes, yes. But again, I suppose as we all, you know, face our own inevitable decline, that's probably got some poignancy to it, I think. What do you mean face? I think I'm there. <laughs> so we then move into the sequence where Graham offers to give Bill a bit of a helping hand and a bit of a uh, makeover. Yes, Graham suddenly has a new venture. Yes. yes. Dr. Greyboots, beautician to the rattles. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmetic renovation a specialty. <laughs> and we get the whole little convey belt sequence there where Tim's bottling the various looks that you can do, which is based on the uh, Generation Game prize game at the end. Okay. okay. Um, well, that, that, that's where the cuddly toy reference comes to because there was always a cuddly toy in the... Okay. Game oh, there you go. Well, before that, you've had a little bit where he's going to, like, he's drawing on it with the texture. He's going to put a couple of tucks in there and yep. take that in and give you a nice cold bath. He'll iron it all out. You know, the belly button will move up and he'll look like Kirk Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice the Billy Connolly reference in there? Yes. Well, they go through the, the thing there. Tim's going through modelling the styles. There's the LaRue Pompadour, but Danny LaRue. There's the Rasta Mop and the Conqueror Trousseau, I think he calls it. But yeah. I don't know whether that's meant to be anybody or not. Then there's the grease topping, which is obviously the, the grease hairstyle, and Dennis Healy's fly traps. Yes. With bushy eyebrows. Um, and he, for anyone who doesn't know, was deputy head of the Labor Party. He was the deputy leader of the Labor Party and shadow foreign secretary. There you go. I knew I could rely on you. <laughs> yes, the Glasgow Messiah look, which is Billy Connolly, crossed with Fu Manchu, Kojak, with the Prince Charles ears. Mm. And then the cuddly toy, and then the punk hairdo with the Jimmy Hill jawline, yes. who was a sports commentator. And the Barbara Cartland with the Lou Grade cantilevered hooter. <laughs> there was apparently also going to be one in there where they do the for the outdoor look where he's done up as Wurzel Gummidge. 
Oh, okay. But uh, that one was dropped. Oh, we're so. sorry. sorry, we didn't get to see that one. Mm. Yeah, that's that was classic Graham, I thought. Yeah. He, he's really working that scene, and I'm, I'm really enjoying all this stuff. Mm. We then moved into the <clears throat> first filmed insert. Graham obviously does his beautician work on them. <laughs> so I've got a confession to make. When I watched this as a kid for the first time, I didn't realise it was the three goodies. <laughs> Well, their work was uh, well worth it. Yeah, it's well, well, really quite disturbing. Well, yeah. Tim, Tim is so heavily made up. He's got the fake tan, the fake teeth, and sort mm. of the blonde curls. Well, Bill's got a whole half mask on. Yes, he has. Well, Give him the chin. Like Marlon Brando for like, an older Marlon Brando. But in that sort of mod dressing. But yeah, that's what they're meant to be, though, isn't it? Well, that's certainly what Bill is. And Graham, I don't know what the hell Graham's done <laughs> with, with the sort of the, the wig and the, the nose and the chest hair. He's yeah, got... and, and notice actually, he seems to be wearing a corset below the chest hair. He seems to have a corset on as well mm. under the jacket but oh look it certainly implied that all the different sort of 1982 cosmetic surgeries that would have been in trend mm. there so yeah there's mm. the corsets and the facelifts and the dying hair and perms and all that sort of thing yes. it's all it's all being referenced i'm sure if we were living in 1982 a lot of it would have actually looked a lot more on point than perhaps we realize yes now <laughs> watching it more than 30 years later lost to the mists of time and thank goodness yes i think so <laughs> i always thought the uh, the fake Chin that Bill was wearing always reminded me of Kenny Everett's Marcel. Yes. Oh, uh, yes. Ah, yes. So Hello, my little sugar <laughs> dumplings. Ah, <laughs> uh, Kenny Everett. You and, and stay tuned for the Kenny Everett video cassette podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what could you get away with now? So the computer has calculated their perfect dates to go out with, and it turns out to be some, well, it looks like Pam's grannies from the uh, yeah, earlier series. <laughs> who obviously have a lot more energy than the goodies now do. They go to the pub, they go and watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, yes, which wasn't given a certificate to be shown in the UK at the time, but local councils gave it their own certificate, so that's how it was shown. So it was, uh, it was actually quite controversial at the time because uh, the National Board wouldn't give it a, a certificate. Yeah. I noticed that on the board you could see a couple of Cronenberg movies also being advertised. Uh, like Rabbit and Shivers, which I, <laughs> I don't think would have got a certificate as well. No, well, you notice it's got an X certificate on it. Yeah, so yeah. some of the local councils gave it an X certificate, particularly the Great London Council. The pub they go into is apparently directly across the road from the LWT studios. Oh, okay. And you can see it's probably about to be demolished because you notice on either side there's just land. Yeah, yeah, there's just wasteland. So the, the final thing is they go to the disco before the grannies then leave with some bikies. Yes. <laughs> and the goodies are just sort of collapsing on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Cut to ads. Yes. I thought the film sequence was a little bit weak. Not so much because it wasn't funny, but just because it was so weird. And they looked so different. I was By the time I've recovered from that, I, I'd have forgotten to laugh, I think. Mm. <laughs> I do, however, like the next sequence, which is where we cut to part two, which opens with the sign, Goody's closing down due to old age. And Graham preparing to jump out the window. Yes, very bleak. <laughs> it is yeah. very bleak. I think he's going to jump. Really? Yes, because I'm going to go... Boo! <laughs> <laughs> We then get that lovely little sequence, though, and again, it's a, it's a Graham sequence of him dictating his will and giving away all of his old stuff, including stuff like the teddy bear that goes grrr. Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. <laughs> Bill can have my sealskin hat, and Tim can have my clubs. Great, so now I get my own sealskin hat. <laughs> his stamp collection, in which he stamped all the little animals into his pocket. Poor little kitten. <laughs> Yeah, he then goes and dives out the window in a very good dive. Yes. Yes. And lands on... Gilbert the tortoise. Yes. 
it breaks his fall enough for him to survive without even a broken bone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they put Gilbert into the stamp collection, and Graham then introduces his doomsday machine, which I must admit is my abiding memory from this episode. And perhaps the memory cheated here because it wasn't quite as amazing as I remembered it being. It's still a reasonably detailed prop. Oh, I mean, oh it, it is, it is. Down. It's got the slicer, the water and the electricity, the spears, shotguns, the noose, and then a one-ton weight at the end. <laughs> yes. Now, Bill doesn't want to see this happening, so he gets into a coffin, on the front of which is Bill Oddie, good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> and then does a leave me alone. There's people trying to die in here later. <laughs> uh, where Tim puts the cotton wool in his ears when the phone rings and Graham has to answer and walks blindfolded through the Doomsday Machine, setting it all off. That's really well done. That's very well done, I have to say, yeah. Particularly the bit where he gets to the end and suddenly the one-tonne weight falls on him. Yes, <laughs> a little bit of speeded up film there. A little there, bit of yes. there, yes. But of course, yes, the phone is answered by the robot who proceeds to try and steal the job. And indeed, it now has decided it will reinvent itself as the goodies. Yes, which at one point leads to Graham saying to it, you're not capable of doing what the goodies used to do. And the robot replies, neither are you. <laughs> Actually, we didn't mention the robot, because the robot is, of course, there when Graham is trying to jump out the window, mm. trying to egg him on, doing the... <laughs> yeah, so, of course, we mentioned the robot back in the episode Robot, and we mentioned at the time that the intent was it to become a fourth goodie, but this is the only other time we see it. I thought it actually was a lot better here. Mm. Well, I suppose it's actually got something meaningful to, to contribute yes. to the story. It has, here. yes. It actually gets some, some good gags. Uh, it is David Rappaport inside again, I believe. Yes. Uncredited, is that right? Uh, he's credited as the voice. Yes. And that was an agreement he made because he wasn't very happy that the contract was to operate the thing as well. So because the robot is now threatening to take all their jobs, Graham hits the convenient button on the computer that's all set up that launches the goodies testing centre. And the remainder of the episode is basically the goodies versus the robot doing a whole lot of goodies tests see who's the best goodie. Which, I guess, allows them to obviously go through a lot of the series tropes and demystify some of the special effects. Yes. Yes. It's really fun and it's really cool to watch. So if we go through, that starts them having to get into traditional goodies costumes, mm-hmm. which you know, really takes us back to the early BBC series, you know, with Graham in that sort of corduroy round jacket, onesie jacket, and <laughs> yeah, all of that. That's really cool. Well, you notice they don't keep the same costumes for the whole thing. Bill changes costume mm. partway through the sequence. But okay. Yes, and there is what I assume to be a reference to Greece there where they're showing Tim do up the uh, fly of the pants. Yes, uh, well, uh, either that or it's just meant to be that the pants clearly don't fit anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it could just be the same joke again, yes. Uh, next, they have to do a patriotic speech, which Tim struggles through, and then the robot just lets up a whole lot of fireworks. <laughs> Tim gets up on the stage, raises the arm, and it falls backwards. <laughs> <laughs> 30 seconds to make a hit record. Yes, give me an ooh. <laughs> give me another ooh. Give me another ooh. What have you got? Uh, uh, uh. No conferring. <laughs> Took three oohs. <laughs> they then have to escape from the giant kitten. So this is the third post office tower. Yes, that's correct. The giant kitten. And that, that's not really a kitten. but. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they start to show all the special effects being broken down. The first one being the giant kitten mine the wires as they show all the kittens pulling that fake cat across. Yeah, which apparently was something that was regularly being shouted at them as they were doing those sort of stunts. And you notice you run too far to the left so now the crew are in shot working the prop. <laughs> we then have the Ecky Thump competition, which is a fairly <laughs> obvious reference. <laughs> 
One thing that I did notice at this point is that the audience isn't getting into this quite as much as perhaps you'd think. But then when you realise the goodies you know, really wasn't repeated much, if at all, in the UK, and there weren't home videos or you know, off-air videos, a lot of the audience would have seen these once some years ago, maybe. Mm. And so there wasn't that thing of, hey, they're doing that episode, or they're doing that episode. There might have been some very vague memories, like something like Necky film for a giant kitten. Mm. But yeah, I don't think the audience is quite as enthusiastic as they'll be if it was a show today where, you know, fans are just immersed in yeah. repeats and DVDs and, and I think that's where here in Australia we got a lot more out of it because we had that endless repeat cycle on that exactly. yeah, sure, ABC. Yeah, she was guaranteed to get the goodies at least once a year for about a decade there. Yeah, and so everything that they mentioned here was like, oh, yeah, yeah, and it was instantly recognisable here. Yeah. Then we move on to them needing to climb the beanstalk and escape from the giant goose, which we see on the crane. I did very much like the joke with the stand-in dummies. I thought that was really quite clever. That was really clever there, yeah. Mm. yeah. And very well done. Where they watch the dummy Bill drop, yes. and then Graham and Tim do that very great freeze where they're reacting to him. Yes. And then, of course, Bill comes in on the other side of the screen. But Yes, and then they remove the dummy, and Bill walks off. <laughs> no, the other dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we have the goose on the crane. They then have to escape Nicholas Parsons. <laughs> Run! Nicholas, Nicholas is, is after you! you. <laughs> And they have to finally ride the Trandom. Yeah. Now, this is the only time we see the Trandom in the LWT episodes. Yes, and it looks noticeably different. Well, it's not the same prop. And they ride it through a wall, which I thought might have been a reference to the Berlin Wall at the end of Gerson's Frontier. In oh, maybe they also ride it through the wall, though, in uh, Kitten Kong. That's true, that's true. The end result of the competition, and I don't know how they got these points, because the robot seemed to kick their ass in every room. <laughs> just, just about. The only, only one the robot really seemed to lose was the one where it tripped over the wires on the kitten. <laughs> That's right. But the end result is robot, 53 points. Tim, 24 points. Graham, 28 points. Bill, 2. Tim gets deducted five points for overacting when they see Nicholas Parsons. So <laughs> Tim actually should be on 29. So. <laughs> but, of course, the combined result is 54 points, which beats the robot, so they can continue to be the goodies and get the job. And, look, I really enjoyed this sequence. It is very, very nostalgic. It is very self-referential. I think if I was watching this go out, just you know, live on a weeknight, I'd be a little bit like, come on, guys, we've seen all this. What's this about? But as a piece of nostalgia looking at it later, mm. I, I really think it's, you know, almost tugs at the heartstrings a bit. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really fun little sequence. Mm. Mm. I mean, I enjoyed the sequence, but... In comedy, I suppose, you can't afford really to look back. And if you're sort of mining the same Kitten Kong trope again for the third time, you sort of, if you've been following the series, you might sort of, it might not have the same punch. But it does reference what I said back at the start, which if this was a deliberate attempt at a final episode, yeah. where they're just, you know, let's just have some fun, be self-indulgent, mm. and remind the audience of what great fun we've had over the last nine series, mm. I think it would work very, very well. And because we kind of treat this as the last episode in many ways and certainly it wasn't the VHS release. Mm. It, it felt that way, and you know, we, we can now sort of see it that way. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. Had it been at the end of Series 8 as originally intended, mm. and then we'd have the RTV afterwards, I think it would have been even more incongruous. Yeah. But, no, I, I enjoyed this. As a goodies fan, I think there was a lot to take out of here. Mm. We move then to our final sequence. Now, this has got a lot of subtle little gags in here, 
And it's also the bit, I think, Rob, where you were talking mostly about them being embittered. Do you want to tell us about that? Well, they come up to a board where there's some sort of BBC fellow there and he's putting up a job vacancy and it's something that they can apply for and then it's jobs filled. Um, well, actually specifically says the goodies wanted three fit young men. What a shame we don't have a copy of the draft script we can look at to see how that joke was originally meant to play out. Oh, here's one. <laughs> showing us this draft script earlier. Now, the detail they've gone into on what other jobs were being advertised at the BBC is really good, and there's some actually quite a skewered gags in there. The last page of the script of Change Your Life goes, vacancies, three goodies, three fit young men. And it pulls out to a wider reveal. The board is headed BBC. Continue to widen the shot to reveal a few more vacancies, such as head of comedy, experience previously not essential. Unskilled work, controller of BBC One. Car park attendant must have owned jackboots. <laughs> no, we're not bitter at all. So, yes. And so now we're outside the TV centre and the goodies reading the board. An official stomps in and slaps up job taken notice over the goodies wanted bit. Goodies look across the gate to see a trend and roll out on it. Are, and this is one is up for grabs. We'd like Bill Cotton, John Edward Davies and Jimmy Gilbert. But perhaps that's a bit esoteric. So yes. perhaps three of the not the nine o'clock news teams, or then again, or to be settled nearer the time. So this idea that they're doing, and I think it's the second one of those tempted gags that's really worth exploring, is this idea that the people taking the goodies jobs were the nine o'clock news team, which I think is another indication that they sort of knew which way the wind was blowing and who were the new favourites in the comedy department at the BBC at the time. It would have been funny if they got the people from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Well, and I was thinking about it in another six months. You imagine if they had, you know, Rick Mayle and Edmondson and um, Nigel Plater on the back. <laughs> that would have been even more appropriate. But, of course, what they actually have on the trandom is one bloke in an extremely poor robot costume with two robots behind him who look like they're made out of cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> on the trandom, and they ride off singing the goodies, goody yum yum bit. Yeah, the third robot in particular is very, very cheap looking. I did wonder whether that was a subtle dig at, you know, the idea that Bill's the useless member of the goodies, but... I, I think it was just a very cheap robot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the robot, the lead robot on the bike looked to me anyway like Marvin the Paranoid Android from Hitchhikers. Just, or, or a very poor copy thereof. Oh, yeah. yes, 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 yes. <laughs> a very yes. boxy type robot. Yes. <laughs> so that could be a reference again. And yeah, look, we do see a few quite cheap special effects in this one. I do need to mention as well the robot costume. When it gives the goodies the printout of the job, yes. you can see Rappaport's hand actually, actually yes. out going out through the slot. Yeah. yeah. So, look, it, as I say, if that had been the end of the goodies, you know, they'd been replaced by robots, or, you know, if they mm. wanted the 9 o'clock news team, I think that would have been a really funny end to the season. Mm. It's not, there's another two episodes to go. Look, this is not my favourite of the LWT episodes. There's, there's one that I like a little bit better. But it is, I think, easily in the top two, and I, I mm. loved a lot during this one. For all its flaws and indulgences, I laughed a lot. Mm. Yeah, likewise. Probably, since we have the draft script here, look, we won't go through them, but there were a lot of changes from the draft script to what we wound up seeing on screen. One thing that was filmed, and you can see it in the, the finished episode, when they initially run to the wall to get the costumes on, the idea was the sequence would be they would originally put the wrong costumes on. And you do in the finished episode see Bill running to Tim's outfit, and it was edited out. But Bill was dressed as Tim, Tim was dressed as Graham, and Graham was dressed as Bill. Oh, 2001 and a bit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Look, that's an example, I think, of the shorter length of the ITV episodes. 
no doubt would have been in there. Yeah, we've we obviously got to cut that cut something for time. Yeah. The other one is there are pictures there of uh, Stalin and Jane Fonda who are satisfied customers of the goodies. Yes. That's during the sequence where they're going through the, the thing and they find their OBEs. Although they can't seem to remember what it was they did for Jane Fonda. Or perhaps <laughs> two Jane Fonda. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, there are several other changes if you ever do get your hands on a copy of the script. We'll move on then to our regular segments. Now, we do at this point tropes and first. Everything. Everything was a trope. Pr- pretty much. Uh, the whole there... final film sequence is one massive yeah, run through their, um, their history. So, yeah. Was there anything that we missed other than what we listed in that segment? Well, we had the Prince Charles, Barbara Cartland and Kojak mention earlier with the hairdressers. Yeah. Um, yes. They've made fun of Lou Grade's nose before. They have. Uh, the jelly on the plate gag, I think. Yes. Yes. Mentioned again. Yes, that's right. And it's the second time we've seen Tim with a unusual bit of underwear. Because he had the A-string in Earth. Oh, yes, Asia, that's true. And now he's got the bra. Yes. And let's not mention the... Uh, Said they're not grease underpants. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell would Graham actually be doing with a Union Jack posing pouch? <laughs> <laughs> what couldn't they get away with today? Well, I think fat shaming Bill. Yes, the suicide scene. Very esoteric. The Fu Manchu reference, it's now commonly regarded as a very racist trope. So Yeah, that's true, actually. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What will they do with Sax Roma stuff now? Or they they wouldn't show it. They, they don't know that that's just doesn't well, happen. Well, I mean, you could. Could you have an oriental supervillain? Well, they had that in one of the Iron Man movies, didn't they? And so we'll move on to our favourite gags. Rob? Well, I appreciated the visual gag where they, you know, they reappeared on that wide shot and there was Tim, Graham, and then Bill looking at in the wrong position. That was quite funny. (laughs) I like the bit where Graham comes up to Bill and says, your chest has slipped. See that hair? He points to his stomach. It should be up here. (laughs) I quite like that. I quite like that. Richard. It was nice seeing the giant kitten again, but I'm going to go for Graham's Doomsday Machine, particularly the bit where he walks through it to answer the phone. I thought that was really well done. Tom? Mine was going that way, but it was just edged out just by the quick one with Graham up on the ledge, and I think he's going to jump because I'm going to go, boo! <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm another one who was going to mention the uh, dummy gag and the, the special effects gag. That was very good. But I've got to go for the sequence of Bill going on his rampage and ending with the cake on top of him because it's a wonderful <laughs> bit of performance by Bill. He's great in that whole opening scene and it just builds and builds and builds until suddenly there's Bill sitting there with just a massive pile of cake on him and it's really funny and I was uh, laughing. Uh, and, so, the, yeah. and then the director says, oh, the sound guy didn't get that. Can we go again? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think an episode that we were perhaps surprised by just how funny it was looking back. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I enjoyed this one. Well, that's it for this episode. Our next episode will be holiday. So on your way to Dunsquablin, maybe you'll take a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. Little crumbs. Hey, many happy. Shut up, you crumbs! <laughs> I know why you've done this, you know. Because it's your birthday. Shut up! <laughs>
never forget it, you, do you? No. Nope. No, 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 no. But I always forget it. You know why I forget it? Because I don't want to remember it. It's today. Oh!